Welcome to Full Metal RPG. I'm your host, Richie Buzzkill. Uh, I'm here with some lovely people for season three season opener. We got Ashley. What up, Ashley? Hi, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, all all of the... Uh, <laughs> I just read a chat thing and I should not have. All right. And uh, <laughs> uh, Daryl. Daryl, what are you doing? What's, what's up, my friend? How's it going? How's it going? Um, so, like I said, we're, uh, we're, we're, we decided to do season three, try to do, you know, we're, we're trying to carry the torch and steer the ship and many other analogies and metaphors. Um, I, uh, I hope that, uh, the opening went well cause I couldn't hear it, but it looked like it went well. So <laughs> it's trying to host and produce all at once. So, uh, Ashley. Yeah. Your, you know, head co-host or co-conspirator number one mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, everybody should be aware of that uh, fact because we might have uh, glazed over that last time and in the uh, sweltering of my room. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it was, a, yeah, yeah. Um, we are the co-hosts. Daryl's going to join as much as he can and we'll be bringing in guests when we can too. So yeah, but me and you are carrying the torch. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a big awkward shaped torch. There's like mm-hmm. eight torches that like yeah. connected with chainsaws. It's it's an odd thing. We have to yeah. to figure that it's out. It's like we have to every couple steps readjust and just be like, wait, hold on, I'm slipping, and so we have yeah. to readjust. Mm-hmm. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Don't want to get cut. And, you know, getting near one of the chainsaws. Anyway, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I was thinking we might. Do the thing we've done for a while now. We we've discussed different ways of doing this, and we'll might tra- change it up here. But I figure we'd visit the black hole, the t- the uh, what we're doing in our role playing lives, uh, uh, and seeing how uh, things are doing. So I'm going to start off with Ashley. Mm-hmm. Ashley, you have uh you know a scroll. I'm assuming you just like. What am I doing? You just like break out the scroll and just like it rolls across the floor and then we'll just kind of like work our way up. So I just look back. I have to keep a calendar. And so I just look at my calendar and go, yes, I did do those things. So, um, yeah. So my a lot of my campaigns are actually kind of on hiatus right now because one of them, uh, our artificer guy, uh, he was in a play. And so he Uh. needed time off for that. And so we kind of went on hiatus for that. And then one of our players moved to New York. So we're on a little bit more of a hiatus now with that one. Oh, no. And then, yeah, in our other Pathfinder campaign, our Spellslinger is now in a play. (laughs) And this is the problem when you play with uh, community theater people and a bunch of drama nerds is that they end up getting into plays. And then you can't play games together anymore. So I see. So we're on hiatus a little bit for those well i mean it's it, it is the summer in arizona this is the time when a lot of things fall apart it's it you know a lot of a lot of times in in the rest of the country it's winter when everything falls mm-hmm. apart but like summer uh really you know in normal yeah. times in the old times that would be 
easily like everybody just kind of like disappears into their air conditioning and doesn't want to go outside like (laughs) yeah and like with it being online you would think it would be easier for people to be like yes i'm just going to sit in front of a fan and i can play games right Um, or they're just getting the fuck out of town which is another thing that i think probably happens in arizona is that we get as far up as we can so that we're not here so yeah um but we did also so yukon dark which was the tiny cthulhu campaign that i was doing with gallant games wrapped up uh, about a month ago and we are starting in on uh gallant verse one now so we're going to be doing a superheroes one and Ooh. alan is actually running it so we did character creation this past week and that one is going to be available for the patrons of gallant night games but uh yeah i'm so excited the way that it's it's playing out is going to be so much fun i had so much fun doing the character building and alan has some really cool ideas so i'm really excited to get into that but that's going to be the new thursday night weekly stream that he has on the count night games channel well excellent excellent um i will uh i will have to i couldn't quite keep up with the streams so i'm gonna have to probably go with the youtubes for this one because i'm of course more excited about superheroes than i am about uh cthulhu because i like cthulhu a lot He's my pal. Got the tentacly pal, but uh, you know it's uh, it's one of those things where like, you know, I understand why you know streams take some dedication to show up for. So yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah, I yeah, everything's so available on their YouTube channel, so you can go back and watch that if anyone wants to, or hmm. um, they're available like I think the next day. Yeah. Very nice. The very efficient. Mm-hmm. Very efficient. Yes. yes. Daryl, my brother. Yeah. What uh, what's going on? Oh man, Monday Night Monsters moved back to Monday nights. It was Thursday Monday nights for a while, <laughs> and now we're back to Monday nights. Um, so we're playing Vampire the Requiem. We're having a crap ton of fun. Um, I've learned from my previous sessions that the best method is to just give the players as much leash as they want to run with, and let them use that as a noose if they would like to. Our session was fantastic. They uh, basically needed to replace a body that they had stolen, decided to tackle a gang of young vampires, and uh, it ended with some heavy torture because there, there was a writer that the uh, corpses need to ha- needed to have experienced fear just prior to uh, being basically put into torpor. So... Um, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out in the next session. Um, I won't reveal much because I know that some people may be watching. But yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been good to get back to the table. It's been really good for my mental and social health to like have people at the house again. And hopefully with the pandemic uh, doing what it is, we're, we'll continue to be able to do it in person. Because I love the in-person gaming, just being around the table. It's been really cool. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, and uh, wasn't the body they were supposed to, that 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 they took was actually the player character? That was the that yeah. was the <laughs> yeah. So the, the player, one of the players, wanted to play a, uh, a witch from Salem, and so we had to find. I had to think of a way to bring a witch from Salem into modern ish times because we're like late eighties, early nineties, pre cell phone, pre digital uh, video era. Um, indeterminate, dark, gothic city, a la The Crow, um, like Detroit and Seattle smashed together. Uh, Lots of burning barrels. I want it to be called Detraddle. 
Detrattle? Yeah, I just think that's a good name for it. So Yeah, I think we'd call it Darkopolis or something. That's silly. good, too. So, <laughs> I was like, Dark Metropolis. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, one of the one of the players um, is playing that Salem Witch who uh, got a wonderful, one of the best preludes I've ever done. Like, we had tears at the table. My son was listening. He's 12 years old, and he was just like... <laughs> I love Daryl uh, made an amazing movie. face. So there's that. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's yeah. Yes. I'm so used to looking at myself on the video now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's so fun and it's a good story and they've shaped up some good shenanigans that we're going to track down and, uh, created some good consequences that will definitely not come back and haunt them at any point in the future. No, that will, so. But it sounds like I need to buy stock in burning barrels. That's what it sounds like. With the <laughs> description of the city, it sounds like I need to buy stock in burning barrels. Burning barrels, neon. Um, they just hit, like, say, the arcade. So we had, and they, they requested soundtracks. So I had, like, an 80s arcade soundtrack ready to go. Nice. Lots of that's journey. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, yeah, I, I am. Always look forward to our story sessions and on on whenever you're running uh, for those games because yeah. I really enjoy that. Next arc, we're gonna have to start recording those. Yeah, we're gonna have to like I'm either gonna have to bring like a, a recorder to lunch or we're gonna have to like record those like have a meeting set up for after work. So, um, but yeah, uh, that that's been a lot of fun helping you with that. Uh, listening, you know, shifting week by week the little kind of like radio play. Um, we really, uh, I've been playing tiny dungeons kind of a bit intermittently because my group that has been very stable over the last, uh, year and a half has been kind of like a little more flaky. So, which is fine. Uh, you know, but we're, we're getting to the point where I think we're finally getting to the actual storyline and, and through, through the, uh, the countryside. So we're, we're all from the same village and we're kind of the militia for the village and, um, we're now, there is now a, uh, is the, is they said the stag Lord, I think is the name of the rebel Lord in the, in the, in the mountains who, uh, uh, who apparently has a mage and wiped out a bunch of the King's men. So now we have to kind of like go covert, maybe in undercover in the, the stag Lord's, uh, militia or army. And, uh, and then I realized that I could just call him the deer Lord. And uh, make lots of jokes about the dear Lord. So like, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, still playing in uh, in person with uh, Brendan and uh, some of his uh, chums uh, and uh, on Ravenloft. And I had to go on my like, you know, because of the way we had this TPK, I kind of had to go off in my Batman like way as a survivor to go sell the things at a, at a, at a night market to try and convince the ranger that I was kind of okay. So I had to kind of like journey into the underground of this city and realize that it's only, it's like the, it's like a Western city in the movies. Like you go around the corner, there's nobody there. So like, mm. um, it's about one half to one third full and it's kind of interestingly creepy in the empty parts of the city. So, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. That's kind of, um, 
what I've been up to. Oh, and I got uh, a Kickstarter in from one of our uh, one of our Discord members. Uh, it's one of the Zine quests, the Z- Psalm uh, f- uh, 4-1 uh, for Morkborg, which actually I, I got to. He ran it for us uh, when we were running the uh, the uh, AP, the West Marches game. Um, but it is, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not even going to show that picture cause that might violate uh, terms of service. So, oh, no. oh uh, no. how about this one? We'll show, I'll show you this one dudes, uh, getting a whip. Uh, he's getting like whipped in the face and around the neck. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, um, so there's, there's some real, uh, some real stuff in here and I've kind of, uh, yeah, there's some, there's, you, you really feel the, uh, the doom when you open this book. So, mm-hmm. uh, I recommend, uh, going and seeing if you can, uh, get a hold of one, or I'm sure after I've said this, that, uh, they will talk about some more in the Discord. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been up to. I've been painting a lot. I, I painted a figure for my, uh, for, speaking of nostalgia for my cousin, which is going to be my lead in here is uh, my cousin, uh, his birthday is coming up and I painted a figure of one of our kind of shared childhoods uh, uh, experiences, which is Duke Nukem. Nice. Duke Nukem 3d <laughs> hail, to the king. hail to the king, baby. Uh, we played the shit out of that game when we were definitely not old enough to play the shit out of that game. Uh, we definitely, definitely learned how to press the space bar to have the, uh, background do things that, you know, is really, you know, very sick. You weren't old enough to be playing it. (laughs) Well, I mean, it didn't really show anything that bad. It just definitely wasn't, uh, (laughs) it was definitely targeted. We were the right age and the wrong age at the, all the same time. So, uh, but that, that, uh. It was definitely nostalgia to like go look up pictures and uh, really, uh, uh, really, you know, look at this uh, caricature of every super action figure action character of of the 80s and 90s all rolled into one and stealing all of his lines. So but that was uh, that was sort of a nostalgia trip this week. And uh, so rolling into the topic. I say this whenever we kind of bump into this topic in uh, our discussions of other topics. So what do I mean by nostalgia? It's a hell of a drug. It's we're to some extent, I I feel like we are uh, kind of chasing childhood a lot with experiences that we are recreating at the table. And it's sort of like what, I've been told it's like to be a a drug addict in the fact that you are always looking for that first high again. So uh, you're never going to get that first high again, but you're sure as heck going to try. So um, I wanted to kind of like, and there's just all sorts of stuff, but I kind of wanted to start with the typical like ambush style. I'm going to kick it to my co-hosts and they're going to say, uh, uh, but, but Daryl is, I would call it the king of nostalgia here. <laughs> Cause I'm wearing my nice denim vest. And- 
right surrounded by uh, i can't see in the dark but <laughs> looking to my right i have a uh, troll doll with with bright green hair i have a swamp thing action figure with the extendo arm uh lots of funko pops for the various uh, fandoms i'm into so yeah I'm, i like nostalgia a little bit i definitely am reliving my childhood on a daily basis yeah and so. and uh ashley yeah uh what uh you know kind of what gets you nostalgic for you know what what's your uh is it is it your sci-fi uh sci-fi shows that uh you've got tattooed up your arm uh from the- I literally have my <laughs> um yeah actually when Daryl was talking about looking to his right or left or I think it was your right um but when he was talking about all the things he could see when I look I see I have a collection of Star Trek teddy bears <laughs> that uh, I I didn't have from childhood, strangely enough, but these are from when I hosted trivia, one of my regulars was like, hey, you like Star Trek, right? And I was like, a little bit, yeah. And so she, for some reason, their work was like giving this away or selling them. Either way, she got an entire collection of them and gave them to me. So I have wow. that. But I am very much a nostalgic shitbag of a human. Like, I will hold on to things that are just... They remind me of, I have a rock from when I, was a, when I was a kid that I had picked up that I was like, this is a cool fucking rock. And so I still have that rock, you know? So it's like, there, I will, I will hold on to things like a goblin because I just have always loved it or it's pretty or whatever. So yeah, but mine, um, kind of bringing it into the topic was, um, there's a Kickstarter. Uh, I know I've said a lot of things about Kickstarter, but <laughs> this one was, about two months ago, probably, they did a Wizard of Oz 5e-like book. And Wizard of Oz was my first fandom. That was when kids now are watching, um, like, Frozen, or I don't know, I don't have kids, but I know that Frozen was like, a big deal, you know? Um, Wizard of Oz was mine. Like, I loved Wizard of Oz. I grew up with it. I wanted to meet Dorothy, and when I was... I was going to get married this one time and then didn't, but like my shoes were going to be Ruby slippers, you know? So it was all this thing. So as soon as I saw that I had to get it and I had to go all in, like I couldn't not, you know? So I ended up spending way too much money on something that I may or may not ever run just because I needed to have this wizard of Oz book that had all of the stuff in it that I remember from my childhood. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, uh, I'm hoping they've got regular updates and they, you know, they, yes. they, they're doing well. Uh, but I feel like a lot of our current RPG environment is fueled by nostalgia. I think, I feel like Dungeons and Dragons has, is this constantly renewing source of nostalgia for people. You look at Stranger Things, which kind of really brought, uh, you know, some people like, oh, that's a thing. Oh, now we can go and get the Strangers Things box set for Dungeons and Dragons. And like, well, perfect example of that was last night I saw they have a D&D Monopoly. Like they have the Monopoly board game that's D&D. And I showed it to Daryl and he's just like, I love Monopoly. <laughs> like I would love to. And I was like, right. So when you have it and you have it mixed with D&D, it's like they're going to take that and use that against you. So, yeah. Right. And it's definitely a tactic. I mean, we can look at like something very recently happened. The biggest Kickstarter of table or RPG Kickstarter of all times is currently going on for Avatar, the last airbender, 
Mm-hmm. Who would have Who would have thought that? Except for the fact that there's a whole generation who are just just now old enough that started, you know, whatever ten years ago when Avatar was on Nickelodeon, are now just old enough to have enough money to be dangerous. So like, uh, you know, this this is a constantly like it just you look at whole whole swaths of uh, RPGs OSR. That's mm-hmm old school renaissance like looking at the way people used to play and being nostalgia for nostalgic for it so um but it's just the uh it's kind of that it's brought us in why do you think that you you know say need you know you looked at that product and said it's the wizard of oz in fifth edition D D like does the Wizard of Oz necessarily work in fifth edition D&D or, you know, it's just, but it, it triggered something so deep that you're just like, mm-hmm. bye, I can't mash this button hard enough to get. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I have no idea how they're going to do it. There's going to be a talking beasts thing, which is cool. But I mean, some of the things when I was looking through it, they have, you can play as like the different types of characters. Those are going to kind of be the classes, I guess. But yeah, I have. I have the quick start guide. I could probably look at that and figure it out. And I haven't yet. Mm. Um, Because again, I will probably never run this. I will probably never play this. I just needed it because it's Wizard of Oz. And there's like a card game that came with it. Needed to get that too. Don't know why. So I'm going to have all of this Wizard of Oz stuff because I just needed to have, I needed to have it. Like you said, it's the, it's the drug thing. You know, it's, you're always chasing that. And it's the fond memories that you have that you relate with that, you know, like that you, you connect with that. So you have these memories, they make you feel good. It's one of those, you will always remember how something makes you feel. You not you might not remember the specifics, but you'll remember the feeling. And I remember the feeling I had when I would watch Wizard of Oz and all of that stuff. And so it's, you, you try and recapture that. That's nostalgia, you know, and that's what people will use is that emotional response to try and get you to buy things. And it's very... Very big in RPGs, I would say, because they do crossovers with things that you would never think to do a crossover with just because probably get them to buy this, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I, uh, I think, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, it's this two edged sword where we're like, we're buying into a thing because we experienced it when we're, I mean, like. Everyone knows that cyberpunk is my favorite thing. What? I this don't is new information. New, new information <laughs> really? for everyone. Yeah. Um, and cyberpunk red is very much a nostalgia play because, it, like I said in the in our deep dive review of this, like they didn't really change anything. Like they did not mm-hmm. change much at all from when we were mm-hmm. playing it back in the nineties. Like, and. I think that it suffers a little bit for it. So there's this double-edged sword of like, is this keeping our um, our hobby from growing by everyone just constantly uh, looking at, uh, you know, these nostalgia properties, 7C, L5R, Cyberpunk, <laughs> you know, Avatar, like these are nostalgia properties and not necessarily like new ideas, right? Well, you've got you've got two different sides to that coin because there's um, 
the nostalgia for the system and there's nostalgia for the uh, lore that goes with it because mm-hmm. like uh, Cyberpunk's an example of one where they kept a lot of the system intact whether or not that's a good thing um, but then you look at like Shadowrun Anarchy and you've got a systems light element that didn't used to be such and uh, it's more about the storytelling and it brings it more in line with the, the light light uh, narrative structure of modern games so there's there's things being released on both sides where some of it is just like the fluff and the lore crammed into a new system sometimes not well and sometimes it's the uh, the system itself that's still just they're trying to resell you just reskin it and put it back on the shelves so get a little bit of both of those yeah, I mean, I think like even you can even consider like some of the loyalty to Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, or any you know any of the open GL kind of games where you can reuse the system, is like oh I you know I can play this other thing because I can play it quickly, but it's sort of nostalgia because I'm still playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like it's you know you know there there are probably a ton there are tons of games out there that are new things it's just they don't seem to catch on as they used to uh do or maybe we just didn't see all the ones that failed back in the day like you know uh, ashley you look like you were going to say something i'm <laughs> no 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 it's fine um what you were kind of what you're saying reminded me of this but um we're always trying to find new ways to enjoy the things that we've always loved so whether it's reskinning something or whatever or it's a new faster way to play something that we've always liked playing you know we're as adults busier maybe than we were as kids it's hard to find an entire day to sit down and just play with your friends you know so if you're trying to find a new faster way to get that experience will you get that experience probably not because you're not looking at it through the lens of your childhood self or your teenage self and it's a new way to do it. And one thing that when I was going through this and writing down my thoughts that really stuck with me is kind of what you were saying is when we love something so much and something new comes out, it's not going to be that thing. And as much as we want to like it and we want to have this connection to this new thing that's like this old thing, it's not the same and people hate it. You know, like there's so much criticism that comes out when there's new editions of things that come out because it's not the same as the old thing. It's like people are so hungry to get more of this thing that they love and then they get it and then it's not exactly the same thing as what they love and then therefore they're going to criticize it and they're going to hate it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and, and you can look at any time, especially now that we're into many editions of things, like Mm -hmm. you can literally probably look at the forum posts uh, you know, even going back to the IRC or even the, the you know, those days, uh, bulletin board services, and probably you could cut and paste those when they went to, from second to third edition. You cut and paste those right into what, what, what will happen when we go from fifth to sixth edition. Like the, these, these, uh, the, the beginning and the end of anything, you could literally take those edition, those, those same voices and cut and paste them into from one to the next. And that's, you know, that's definitely people like, Oh, I, I, this doesn't feel like the thing that, you know, has warmed my heart for this long. Like, Mm -hmm. but those people either get used to it or they fall away. And, you know, you're hoping anytime you 
do a thing where you're rebooting a whole franchise, but you're still keeping the same name that you're hoping that people will like hang on and not rebel because you're you're mm-hmm. not getting them the same product. I don't know where I was just having a flashback to something or other. Anyways. uh, (laughs) Either that or they'll stick to the older editions, the ones that they like. There are some people who have never gone past three or four. Indeed, like they won't go to 5e because they're like, oh, I hate it. And so I need to go back to the one that's not like this. You know, Um, I think World of Darkness has a lot of that, too. Daryl, wouldn't you say like with the new editions coming out of those? Well, like or new books anyway. So World of Darkness is an interesting thing because if we're talking about the classic World of Darkness game series, um, Vampire 5th is out and we had already had Vampire the Requiem and the whole Onyx mm-hmm. Path series that redid the lore and crammed, again, s- system mechanics changed somewhat. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a reskinning of the World of Darkness properties. And then we went back and White Wolf relicensed the uh, Vampire 5th edition, which takes us back on track to use the 14 bookshelves of ancient mm-hmm. lore and tomes full of materials for your games if you wanted to just pull that off the shelf and pop it into your game. So, Well, I mean, it's uh, even the 20th and, 20th and 25th anniversary editions of all of those games, right, yeah. where they scooped up like the main books and made armor proof books that you could just wear. I'm assuming there's stats for the, the wearing those books as armor in those books um, mm-hmm. because they're just ridiculous. Like I, we, we were playing Ashley and I were playing that dark ages 20th anniversary mm-hmm. book and like just flipping through the PDF. I got tired. Like literally my, my finger just got scrolling through that book. Just like, like, come on, really? Are we still in traits? Like, it's like too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it's just like most, some nostalgia plays is like, we need to take all the stuff that we had and republish it. It's like, it can be too much, in my opinion. And it mm-hmm. feels kind of overwhelming. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, when I, when I look at the, uh, specifically going back to D&D, not to flog this horse, but, um, D&D looking, at the shelf at the local game store, I see so much classic material. And the kid in me looks at that and says, I never got to play Curse of Strahd. So I picked up the Curse of Strahd big coffin-shaped box for my son. And as a parent, this is where my nostalgia breaks in, is that I'm like, dude, here it is. Let's play this. And he's looking at it, and he's like, I'm not even interested. And I'm like, okay, Tomb of Annihilation? No. He, he wants what he wants, and it's different from what I want, and someday I'll get to play Curse of Strata, not just hear about it secondhand. But, um, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. So. I may, maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, uh, you, 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 you gave me a lot of good information on it, and I'm still excited to see where it goes. I only know, like, the middle parts. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so when you go to the game store and you see all those those classic covers and, and reissues of, of the same old, I don't want to say the same old ideas, updates on those ideas, uh, it's cool. And it's cool for me as a parent to be able to pass it on to my kids. Um, their interest level is way different. Like, Gabe just got into, but their interests are different, but new and fantastic. Gabe just picked up the uh, Aliens book. So that's exciting. So yeah. my kids are, are nostalgic for a thing that was in my childhood that was also existing in their childhoods. And I, I say kids, he's 18 now, right. but 
and yeah. and I, I was my writer's room here. Noland uh, perked up and says, uh, you know, there there is something to be said between the difference of uh, sentimentality versus nostalgia. Right. Yeah. You're sentimental for the old days when you had 12 hours to play that trad game or whatever, whatever your version of that is versus today. And that's certainly to your point about like trying to find these experiences, but faster is trying to get that nostalgia for that time. But, you know, that really can't, it can get close, but it can never quite, you know, you can never go home again is kind of like one of yeah. the themes I think of this particular idea. But um, mm -hmm. yeah. And the last line of this, cause I have it up too. Uh, they say uh, not only because the product will be different, but you have become a new person. That's totally, that's exactly what I was. I agree. That's what I was saying when I um, was, saying that you're not seeing it through your teenage self eyes. You're not seeing it through your childhood eyes, you know? So it's like you're seeing it through different eyes. You're a different person. Now you have different experiences. So no matter what it is that you're trying to recapture, like, it's not going to be the same. But also, I wish I would have kept my first character sheet. <laughs> that was another thing Nolan brought up, was it's there's a difference between keeping your first character sheet and, you know, companies trying to market this stuff to you, knowing that, you know, hey... Remember that time when things were simpler and easier and you loved listening, watching Saturday morning cartoons? Well, here's a game where you can play Saturday morning cartoons. You know, like right. I would buy the shit out of that, first of all. Well, there's but there's Toon, the role playing game, which was, yeah. I played it once in high school and that was pretty fun. Yeah. I don't know if it would be fun today. We may have to play a completely different thing, but it yeah. would be I interesting to try. Toon a lot and it is so fun. Okay. I, I wanna we we can get him to run a game for us, Richard. It'll be great. All right, okay. Yeah, get 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 Ben rolled up again. That that would be good. Um I did find my first D D character sheet in my so I don't have my original character in the my Star Wars second edition game. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I do remember his name, but I don't have that character sheet, I don't think. But I did find my original character, D&D, &D, who was the weirdest. Anyway, that's a whole nother. I'll tell you about my character moment later. But uh, yeah, it it was it was awful, but it was awesome at the same time. And <laughs> I just want to know what you played. Like, I want to guess. I'm going to guess you played like in oh, like an elf wizard or something. No, my first no. character was a dwarven fighter. Okay. Okay. And because, you know, th this is this is a bit of like a the grognard territory here because they wouldn't have let me play a wizard okay. because they they started everybody on a fighter first. So you learn the combat rules because this is second edition. So you had okay. to learn weapon speed and Thacko and like mm. how to avoid the grappling rules and like, <laughs> so, so that was, but, uh, and the, the game master, uh, as much of a jerk as he was, uh, did give me, a, an 18 here. You can have an 18 right off the bat. And then I rolled two 18s on that same, in that same set of characters. And then I rolled like a six and a five and a seven. So like, it was very, very much like, yeah. and then it was, oh, roll on a, a random trinket or thing happening sheet, mm -hmm. and I got a mutation. 
So I rolled like a crazy number. I got a mutation, so I was a fish dwarf. So nice. I was green, scaly, and I had fish gills. And That's some amazing. <laughs> it, it's amazing, but also kind of like not exactly what I thought I was getting into. Not that I knew much yeah. about fantasy or D&D, but it was, right. you know. I he 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 got to go off into the sunset, and I decided to play a, a, a rogue after that. And then we had a like a four hour fight over the fact that I couldn't coup de grace somebody, and then I didn't want to play in that game anymore. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are the kind of fights you don't have anymore because you have rule sets that are more complete or. Mm-hmm allow for the gaps to be filled you know say specifically the gap should be filled at the tables like so yeah. like that's the that's the thing i don't have nostalgia for i definitely do not have nostalgia for a lot of the older rule sets i mean i i enjoyed the thought of them the thought that went into like the love and labor and the amazing amounts of writing on mm-hmm. a typewriter or word processor like when it was hard to do this, like I really appreciate that. But man, some of that stuff well, is just, just garbage. The whole thing, like <laughs> things are generally not as good as you remember them to be, or not as bad as you remember them to be. Sometimes, like depending on the case. But yeah, when you have like that yearning nostalgia for something, chances are there are things that you are forgetting about, like that, that mm-hmm. you you don't miss. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it was it, it like it was definitely one of those things where like. It, it you know it was one of those splitting the splitting the group kind of moments, but mm-hmm. that split of the group kind of moments led me to go play cyberpunk with my buddy, and now I had like deep deep uh, nostalgia for cyberpunk because we yeah. played like a you know a, I don't think we played even for that long, but like I really loved my character and what we did in that game, and it was perfect for my like kid i can't go shopping here's a bunch of catalogs that i can buy with fake money uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is perfect yeah so i just think that yeah there there is there is sentimentality for this stuff but there's also this nostalgia and the marketing uh, of most things now almost inevitably have this nostalgia play of some kind like even the the what will the discord running gag of the dash punk uh uh games like there's now like wicker punk and a bunch of other these like like they're just trying to like get grab onto that punk thing and like voltron it together like mashing these two things together oh see it's it it's rebelling like you used to be able to rebel but in a different form like it's just sometimes that it doesn't work on me Sometimes, but anyway. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, go ahead, Ashley. When I was discussing, because um, I was kind of talking about it with my roommates, that's one of the awesome things about the roommates I have is that they are also giant nerds. And so I can talk to them about some. So, like, Jess has been on an episode. She'll be on another one coming up. So, um, it's nice to talk to them about some of these things. And uh, through talking to her, something that kind of like, summed up our conversation in two sentences really was nostalgia nostalgia will make you buy something bad because you loved it but it will also make you hate something good because you loved it because it really it's that whole double-edged sword you know because you don't know how you're gonna react if you loved something so much it's like you'll go you'll buy something like my example is harry potter my other tattoo is harry potter 
She's a shitbag of a human. J.K. Rowling is horrible, but the universe she created, I have so much sentimentality and nostalgia for that, that um, I don't want to give her another dime because she's an awful person. But like, there are some things I'm like, yes, I want to go back to Harry Potter land. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go back to Universal Studios and be in this world that she created and it's just it sucks so it's like it will make you buy things that are that are bad that are not good or they're just games that are really shitty for example um but it also sometimes make you hate things that are are actually pretty good because you don't want to give it the chance because it's not the way that you remember it you know it's not it's not giving you that feeling that you had back when you experienced it for the first time yeah like uh i mean the clearest example of this i can think of is the new star wars trilogy now they're they're they're, the sequel careful what you say right now the first movie (laughs) is actually not bad it just the anticipation and it's just you could say the same thing about the prequels everybody had anticipation that this was going to be the next amazing opus but it did not meet expectation because it could never meet expectations. Like you, it's it's this like you have expectation that this is going to be the thing that changes your life that that right. that like imprints in your brain and becomes. And when you re, re you know like Seven C, I I dearly loved Seven C back in the day. I don't think I could play it the way I could, we used to play it because it you know it we mm-hmm. play things differently now. But like I. You know, I didn't buy the shit out of that Kickstarter, but I definitely bought enough of it, in my opinion. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, it, it, but am I going to get around to playing it? I don't really know. I don't think right. so. But, like, I definitely have nostalgia for it. I just don't think it will be as good as what, you know, mm-hmm. as I used to play. So, like, yeah, like, I just, it, it's, it's this, uh, You've built it up in your mind as something, mm-hmm. and then you experience meet, meeting your heroes, as it were. Like, I'm sure we all have a meeting your heroes story that's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done that because I, I don't really like that person anymore. I should just have kept them, like, over here on a shelf. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the thing I was thinking of, because you brought up Star Wars, was Star Trek. People who love old Star Trek hate new star trek for some reason like there's so many people that have so much animosity towards new trek and i I love it all because i am a fan of star trek i like all of them you know and as far as people the naysayers every single time a new series comes out there are people talking shit about it before it even comes out you know like i think it's the same way with new editions you know if so if they were to come out with dnd 6e tomorrow there's going to be people that hate it. Even the people who hated 5e are still going to hate 6e. You know what I mean? There's going to be so many... People are always going to find things to complain about because it's not what they knew before. Well, I mean, admittedly, there is some Trek that's better than other Trek. Let's not go there because I, I think we could go for another hour just yes. defining that. So... Uh, <laughs> Join us next week for our Star Trek podcast. Right. <laughs> Don't... Don't go there because we've we have threatened to joke about that many a times. And you, yes. you want to see Brendan reappear almost instantaneously. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, <laughs> me and him and Danny had some very heated discussions on Facebook Messenger about discovery. So. Right. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so 
stay tuned for maybe we'll make that a stretch goal on the Patreon to do like yeah. a, a mini series on Trek. So yeah. if people really want that, let us know. We'll add it to the, <laughs> to the long to stretch goals. So, um, yeah, I uh, feel like we've kind of covered the topic. Uh, does anybody have any kind of closing statements or any further spurs we can explore here? You know, I, I, I do have one question that uh, was popping into my head. Like, we discussed a lot about what nostalgia is and danced our way around it. But what are we nostalgic for? Ashley, you mentioned Wizard of Oz. But mm-hmm. if we were to bring back, like, a game system or to gamify something that we had loved, what what would be something that you guys, you, you both would... Um, enjoy to to see brought back what needs to be rebooted or re-rebooted or re-rebooted in the case of spider-man <laughs> well i i clear i think we're fine on spider-man right now i think we're i think we're, another one well we're gonna get like five in the next movie so you're gonna be covered yeah, uh, <laughs> um i want to say like if i'm gonna we're gonna be re-rebooting if that's on the table then i think the Star Wars RPG could use it. We could use a new version of that because as much as I liked edge of the empire, the follow ons of, of uh, force and destiny and uh, age of rebellion. I, it's just so bloated. It's such a bloated thing. And I went back and reread the, uh, 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 I reread the first edition of the West End Star Wars game when they republished that. And I, I was like, I really enjoyed it so much that I did run a couple games of it. It's so straightforward compared to the way – and it's very trad and it's got skills and it's a skill tree kind of game. And it's fine. I really liked it. But I feel like Star Wars is one of those things that – I think the West End Star Wars are the best ones because those are the ones I have nostalgia for. But I think we have yet to reach – uh, peak or you know the right uh, spear tip of getting a Star Wars game that works the way I think a Star Wars game does should okay. so Ashley how about you um, before we go on I want what does trad stand for you've used it a couple times traditional never games oh, so okay. talking about uh, if a, a, a skill based or a classic d20 kind of Dungeons yeah. and Dragons is the original but you could call call it cthulhu or mm-hmm. uh any of those kind of games so trad is kind of the shorthand that gets thrown around because typing traditional a lot when you're <laughs> yeah no a, i get it <laughs> yeah yeah cool um so in addition to wizard i've got my wizard of oz game now i will anyway so that's nice um but the other big one that i had when i was little was the little mermaid i love little mermaid and i Clearly, mermaids have had a huge impact on my life. Um, I have a mermaid tattoo. I, I'm a scuba diver, all that, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I think a, like a Disney princess game would be so cool. I don't know if they have that, but there's something about even I'm, I'm not a big Disney fan. Like I'm not the type of person that has like the Mickey Mouse purse or anything like that. But I think, uh, there's just something about the old Disney movies that I remember growing up that just still make me really happy because again, it's like, it takes you back to a time when things were simpler, I guess. I don't know. Um, when well, all you, you had to worry about was the tax coming out of the wall for your blanket fort. <laughs> you <know? laughs> well, you, well, your, your Disney, your nostalgia for mm-hmm. Disney is from a very specific time period when yes. that you were 
the you know it's all about the little mermaid and the subsequent mm -hmm. uh the revolution in animation that they had the little mm -hmm. renaissance and that's mm -hmm. very fair and that but that was mm -hmm. that was taking their original formula and redoing it and you know probably kind of weaponizing it a little bit so like mm -hmm. you know you go from cinderella to the little mermaid like there's a very clear line there um but uh anyway a disney, I think a disney princess rpg would be amazing That's i all. think there I think there's got to be a pbta disney princess style i mean obviously we've got the uh <laughs> we're uh, happiest apocalypse on earth so right. if we got that i think we'll <laughs> uh that. i think we got we can have many other games that mm -hmm. so yeah but if you but if you in the audience know of one please point it out to ashley so yes I know that. <laughs> Darryl, uh, the, the one that i would i would love to see come back um tmnt and other strangeness i want it i want it modernized I went back and started reading them again because uh, Adam brought it up uh, to me, and uh, oh my gosh, they're not well worn against modern uh, sensibilities. But the game system was fun. TMNT, you just can't beat uh, anthropomorphic animals doing martial arts. It's awesome. So I would love to see some more TMNT, uh, just a compendium, mixing the comics, mixing the shows. A multiverse situation. I don't know. It'd be awesome, though. I, I think sewer. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Multi sewer. Yeah. Multi sewer. Uh, yeah. I think. I think you'll. There's got to be something out there to do that. I mean, you can clearly do that, but I. Yeah. No. I mean, it is sort of strange we haven't seen another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game because it seems fairly straightforward to you know write such a thing. Um, the game itself, I don't think, is out or has come out, but I feel like I can say this because there's a, an actual play on YouTube about it. But um, Alan did one for Tiny D6. Oh, yeah. Is it a setting for Tiny Supers, I'm assuming? Uh, I, I think it's mixing Tiny Supers. With, I mean, it's its own thing. Oh, okay. It's like right. its own thing. It's on YouTube. I, I'll have to figure out what it is. and Because mm. um, I, I remember messaging him and asking him, if I wanted to run like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, because we were having a discussion about it in the roundtable chat. <laughs> and I was like, if I wanted to do this, how would I do this? And he said to mix um, supers with, I think he said Wastelands. Oh, like okay. if you mix mm. those two. Um, and he also like told me about this other thing. And I found an actual play on YouTube. So I feel like I'm okay to say it. <laughs> All right. There, but, there you go. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and and Nolan brings up another good point because he's my writer's room and uh, <laughs> uh, so will my great great grandchildren be nostalgic for Care Bears and He Man too or we will finally move move the culture on? Is there is there something so sticky about this last the last part of the 20th century that we're not going to move on from that that like or are we just stuck in the middle? I, I feel like it's somewhat the fact that because adults can, you know, because there's so much more money in the game that adults that are nostalgic for a thing can get as much of that nostalgia as they want. But I, you know, it's a good question. So I think my great, great grandchildren are going to be too busy fighting the robot armies from Mars to uh, really do much about uh, role playing or nostalgia. I mean, it's nostalgic for a time without robots. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Barring apocalypse die mm -hmm. that that would that would change the uh, the 
you know, culture uh, to to that extreme, the question still stands. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, because if you look at people now, there are people now that are, you know, um, I'll say nostalgic for a time they never knew that their parents might not have even known. There are people who are really into the retro and the vintage stuff that they don't, they were never here for their parents probably weren't even here for, you know? So if, if it can skip generations and they can find information out about it to be obsessed with it, then awesome. And I think that the way that we collect and store, I sound like a privacy policy right now, but the way that we collect and store information (laughs) now I think it's going to be a lot easier. We we document everything. So there are going to be people hundreds of years from now that are going to be able to look back at everything that's going on now. And even in, I would say, at least the past 20 years or so. And they, they're going to be able to really um, kind of not involve themselves in it, but like just bury themselves in it. They can really get you know, into it. I can't think of the word right now because I'm really good with words, but you know what I'm saying? Like where <laughs> they Google. really just like dive into it and just completely <laughs> envelop themselves in it. They right. can, they can do that in a way that we can't. I mean, ready player one, just look at that. Yeah. Well that, that's literally like, uh, just like who wants to drink from the nostalgia fire hose? Like, <laughs> right. Yes. and, uh-huh. and that can, you know, some people can like that and it tastes sweeter, better. I, I think, you know, you're right. It's it's the past is the only thing. The only dead thing that still smells sweet is the past. It is very attractive because it has been kind of like all of the low spots have kind of been filled in and all, you know, you only see the high spots because that's the thing everybody right. remembers and pushes pushes forward. But there was a lot of garbage Saturday morning TV. There was a lot of like things that I don't remember watching that I watched that I just I could be like, oh yeah, that thing. Oh god, that was terrible. Like, but like, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ninja Turtles and how awesome Ninja Turtles is, and we're going to keep talking about it. And there's going to, you know, they've rebooted that constantly to where they can just keep going. It, it, mm-hmm. It's like kind of like Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who, you it gets rebooted every few years to a decade, and they're off again. Like it's a concept that can be done over and over again. I'm hoping that, you know, we, we do get some people with some new thoughts that kind of break through and you do get some of those every once in a while, like Avatar. Avatar was a new idea. It was troping off of a lot of old ideas, but it was a new idea. So I think there will be stuff that will be kind of left behind and forgotten, but I think that there's stuff that's like the reboot, I suspect, and I don't know, but I suspect that the... Uh, reboot for He-Man will give people more nostalgia for He-Man in the future than the original cartoon that really wasn't that good in the first place. Uh, but, you know, there, there's there's a very specific age that really loved that cartoon that have made a love letter to it that is vastly better than the original thing. So I think that's where it's headed. Is I think it's kind of the answer is somewhere right in the middle which is there's going to be ne- there's going to be properties that will be around for the next 100 years and there'll be stuff that kind of just gets laid to rest at some point thank please mm-hmm. please someone shoot it kill it before it becomes zombified <laughs> zombie he-man <laughs> zombie he-man next marvel zombies anyways <laughs> uh 
I don't own each other. N- not yet. Not yet. They don't. But soon. Soon all will merge into Borg and pop culture will be owned by one company. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that that was a fine discussion uh, for about nostalgia and how it's a hell of a drug. Hopefully uh, people now know what I mean when I say that and I won't have to explain it anymore. Uh, but we have a few shout outs here. Um, we had a cut, co- we have actually a couple new patrons or actually one patron that was been around for a little while, but we haven't, uh, talked about and, uh, a new patron. Uh, so we've got, uh, come on computer. I just got new internet. Hello computer. <laughs> uh, so we got Chris Osborne, uh, is a new patron just started. Fantastic. Thank you for believing in us. Um, and uh, so we, we're really, we're truly trying hard. And then I also ask somebody else's last name and I will, is it, wow, we're, <laughs> I love lag on a brand new connection. Wonderful. Anyways, uh, I will shout you out next episode. Uh, I don't want to mess your name up and I need to look up the pronunciation. So... <laughs> But uh, I'd like to thank you, Ashley. Uh, thank you, Daryl. Thank you all for coming and hanging out and discussing my topic. So uh, have a good night. Ra.